1: episode of the family gamers podcast this is episode 359
2: hey hello everybody i am so excited to be here as always we are the family gamers i'm your host andrew and i am joined by my lovely one boy Benitra. that's me or should i say that uh she is your host anitra and she is joined by her, my less... lovely and wonderful husband <laughs> andrew that's me i don't i don't know <laughs> anyway whatever odd numbered show we teased this one a couple of weeks ago we have the legendary steven dutzman on the line hello sir
0: legend wait for it dare. yeah that's me <laughs> yeah. hey everybody <laughs> this is my annual trip to digital massachusetts
2: that's fine yeah that's exactly. all good
0: i mean you can make a regular trip sometime if you'd like to as well it's kind of like you we probably should at some point because i hear you guys like to play games that's the word on the street i
1: mean just every once in a while
0: it's a thing we've done you know i do know in fact
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right well it is episode 359 I have not one fact, but two facts. One of these I've been waiting about 10 episodes to to pull out. Uh, I'll talk about that one second. The first one oh, I have on. in honor of our guest, Mr. Dutzman. Did you know that there's a video game with 359 in the title? Tell us about it. I, I, <laughs> our listeners can't see his face, but he's trying very hard I'm, to figure out what game I'm talking about. I'm
0: really curious. I, I, I Now I need to know.
2: Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's a VR game.
0: Oh, that explains it.
2: Yes, this game came out in 2018, five years ago. Wow, that's old for a VR (laughs) game. It is called Island 359. Actually was fairly well rated. It's a VR game for the HTC Vive and the Oculus Touch. Players will scrounge for weapons, upgrade food, and other items they can find to survive for as long as they can against hordes of dinosaurs as they explore the increasingly dangerous, beautiful, and expansive island. So basically, yeah, you're fighting dinosaurs in Island 359. So you can find that on Steam for fifteen American dollars, but that—that that is not the uh, the real fact. The real fact, I think, Anitra, you know what this is.
1: I'm pretty sure I have a good guess. Yeah. yeah.
2: So this is the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine.
1: We're going to talk about imaginary future listen, battles now.
2: Listen you (laughs) okay (laughs) everybody who's anybody who knows anything about star trek knows about wolf 359 this is of course the legendary battle that took place in the wolf system roughly eight light years from earth between the forces of the united federation of planets and the Borg collective it was recorded as one of the most destructive battles in federation history prior to the dominion war which of course happened what near the end i guess of uh deep space nine did it happen? Near the yes,
1: end? and yeah. and I think they used Wolf three five nine as part of the intro to Deep Space Nine as well because I think uh, Cisco lost his wife at that battle or something like that.
2: Yeah, I don't remember a lot of that stuff, but this is some deep lore. I, you know, Wolf three five nine is not that deep. I mean, it's like for non trekkies I suppose it's like okay, you know about like a planet with some numbers, but uh, this is a pretty big one in in Star Trek history. But anyway, that's it. Uh, So we've got Island 359, the VR dinosaur battle game, and then the Battle of Wolf 359 from Star Trek.
1: In the meantime, we can also talk about another message from our sponsor. We can return to reality. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you what we're talking about this week from our sponsor, First Move Financial. Worker placement games are characterized by placing one of your workers, usually in short supply, in a certain location to perform a task or gain additional resources. We can think about our money like little workers in the worker placement game of life. Are you putting your workers in the most advantageous places? Whether you put your workers in loans to decrease them or bank accounts to grow them or investing in feeding your workers, all of those jobs are important. Lots of budgeting software works under the principle of giving your dollars jobs, and this is the same. If you need help figuring out where to place your little dollar workers reach out to First Move Financial. You can find them at firstmovefinancial.com and schedule a call
2: today. Thanks so much to the team at First Move Financial for sponsoring another episode of the show. Okay, so this is the time in the show when we talk about some games that we've been playing. Steven, I suspect that the games that you've been playing are probably not physical ones, but digital ones, although I know you play board games. You just play more video games. What have you been playing lately? Maybe give us one or two.
0: Uh... I did in fact play you know what you know what I in fact played a board game this past weekend and it is one that you go I mean it, believe it or not it happens more frequently than my content <laughs> would um cuz the trick is uh Linda is in charge of the board games over at EFG, and so um as a result I play a lot of games and just don't talk about them very frequently aside from Dungeons and Dragons which well, uh, we chance. can talk about now, now I chance. can yo guess what I played a game with Monopoly in the title and wait, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was, it's actually really good because it's not even, it's just Monopoly on the on the box. It's called Monopoly Chance. Have you guys seen this?
1: I do think
0: I've, seen, I've push, seen it. It's just a legit push. It's just a legit push your luck game. It's a $15 Monopoly game with push your luck. The idea is this, you roll a die and you have a little deck of cards and you may deal up to whatever the number that you rolled is and you're going to you're going to get cash cards that are between 2 and 12 like million dollars okay yep yep and then around the board you're going to strategically place down your cards like bids on properties and when you're done you go around there are bankruptcy cards in your little deck so you can bust and waste your turn like any other push your luck game. And the idea is when all of the eight properties are covered by a card, the round is over. And whoever has the card that's on top, because let's say I put a five on something and Anthony or Andrew rather comes by and drops a six, he's got the winning bid, right? And so like the end of round, everybody collects their cool little building and you put it You get, like, this cool little plastic doohickey, like, stand. And the idea is you're trying to build a skyline. And so it actually kind of looks really neat, like, building little pieces. It's $15 on Amazon. And uh, it's better than it has any right to be. My sister is not a big board gamer. And we recently went on our family, like, beach vacation thing in the fall. And historically, I have brought, like, some pretty heavy games because my mother – really loves big, heavy, you know, like she wants, she, she has told me she wants me to buy Twilight Imperium so I can play it with her.
2: Oh my oh. God. Wow. Like, I,
0: and I told her, I was oh like, man, this is, this is like a day, but my sister is not so much, but she will play anything with Monopoly on the box. And so like, I, you know, like we played Monopoly deal and you guys know Monopoly deal. Yeah, it's not,
1: Monopoly deal's it's, great.
0: it's, it's, it's short. inoffensive and great and short. And it's just, it's so, uh, we played target monopoly with her cause it was like, whatever we, she, she likes that thing and I want to play with my sister. So I do what I got to do. Right. Um, this one, I would absolutely play again and I would absolutely, I would bring it to play with you guys because I think it's just, you know, it's very light. It's very simple. And I, I genuinely liked it. We played like three games in a row and we're talking about it hours later. Mm. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was great.
1: I think monopoly has become one of those things that it's got enough theme on its own now. Like it lives in so many people's imagination as like, that's what a board game is that it is relatively easy now for folks who are game designers to build on that monopoly idea <clears throat> and use it as a way to shortcut to a couple things. So like you mentioned, there's eight properties around the board and you're bidding on them by placing your th- and. I was looking at a picture from Amazon, but I probably would have been able to picture it anyway because I know what a Monopoly board looks yep. like. I know what Monopoly you know, houses and <laughs> hotels look like. And yeah. the cards in this game look very much like the cards from Monopoly deal. Uh, so yeah. it's a great way to get people started on these other games that are simpler and more straightforward and not going to cause you to want to kill each other by the end Yeah, by using this game that everybody else knows.
0: Honestly, uh, my my mother and I went for a walk afterwards, and we talked, like, I absolutely, you know, if my sister was not supernaturally stubborn, I am certain that I could use this as a, okay, well, you liked this. Here's, like, 50 other games that share the core mechanic of you get to go, and every time you go, there's a risk that you screw yourself and you know whatever, like that core mechanic is there, um, and it's a little crunchier. Maybe the theme is a little different. Whatever, and she would probably love them. She just doesn't like anything that's not Monopoly, and that's Fair that's enough. just it's. And when I say supernaturally stubborn, like it, I've
1: met you, Stephen, I I have an idea.
0: She's related to me, um. So <laughs> the uh. With that said, here's what I want to know. Thought experiment amongst the three of us: What if? I photoshopped the word monopoly onto like acquire,
1: and brought that place to start. Yeah. yeah.
0: And like brought that to the next sea spray weekend. It was like, Hey, Hey sis, how about this monopoly acquire <laughs> and just, just little white lie. And she's all in and like, you know, buying the squares and going crazy. Is that unethical?
2: Uh, I mean, un- unethical at this point is a, Is a kind of a loaded term, right? (laughs) Like, is the intention that when you're done, you will reveal to her that she actually likes other games? Or are you always going to leave this as an unknown?
0: Oh, I don't know. I think, well, okay. So here's the, the real truth about me is that I talk way too much crap. To not reveal it like in the middle. Like the first time she was, the first time she took a turn and was like, hey, this is pretty good, I'd be like, ha, I got you. I can't, I don't (laughs) think, I don't think I could keep it up a whole game. Um, Because I really like to talk trash. I'm sure that shocks both of you greatly. What? Near near speechless. I know. You're like, wait a minute. Steve likes to talk trash. Talking trash is my favorite part of board games. Because in video games, I'm playing against people who are either not there or are not people because it's the computer, but like in board games, I have other people and I can absolutely talk an unending amount of smack, Mm -hmm. even from behind. So like even playing a game that I'm losing, like I can, that's like my favorite part. (laughs) So I don't think I could ever let that victory go unclaimed until the end of the game.
2: I mean, then, then I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if, it's it's a thought experiment, so I can say ridiculous things, right? Like, so if she had taken a vow of of no no games other than Monopoly, if she had promised some, had committed to some kind of cult that she would never play a non Monopoly board game, and she you 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 know got you suckered her into something, and she had to live with the real life ramifications of being swindled by her brother, then yes, I think that might be unethical.
0: But if it Probably about- still worth it, though. Um, <laughs> I mean, probably maybe. still worth it, you know, though. That's
2: like, that's like when you talk your little brother into saying a bad word in a different language and they don't know what they're saying and then you get them in trouble for it. Like, that's borderline unethical.
0: Still worth it, though. <laughs> um, still worth it, though. Um, you know, But that's just, you are right. That is, that, that would be bad. In this case, I'm tricking her into having fun because I honestly, she loves buying and selling, buy low, sell highs. She loves that like strategy and like, that's like what a choir is. So it's like. I'm going to try. I will try. I will report back next year because we always do this. Um, I will report back um, if we remember, which we probably won't, but that's fine. I love doing that. The deep lore of the EFG cross family gamers will be (laughs) that I promised to uh, maybe one of your listeners will hold me me accountable. Monopoly we'll Acquire. The Battle of
2: 359.
0: <laughs> the Battle of 359. So anyway, so that, that is the game that I have played, most, the board game that I have played most recently, and I am super proud of it.
2: All right, rock on. Intra. All
1: what right, Andrew, should we, should we talk about some board games or should we flip it on its head and talk a little bit more about the video game that we've been playing together?
2: I feel like we could talk about that video game. I feel like Steven has probably played it, and if he hasn't, then he's going to learn about an amazing game. That's true. Go ahead. I, uh, have we brought it up on the show before? Uh, once. Okay.
1: So we have started playing this game called Escape Academy. Oh, I know Escape and Academy. it's yeah. fantastic. It looks like there's a way to play it solo, but we're only playing it as a co-op game, and it's great.
2: Yeah. Couch <laughs> co-op. Escape Academy. It's good stuff. This is a, I mean, it's a first person escape room game and, you know, Anitra and I are playing it literally as if we were in a physical escape room, except they can actually do things like flood the place.
1: Yeah. That's (laughs) what I was going to say is, I mean, it feels like going to an escape room or going to a place that has a whole series of these and be like, which one are we going to pick today? Mm -hmm. Except that because it's a video game, they can do all kinds of things that they would never do in real life, you know, and, make you feel more tension and more like there's danger there which has been really cool
2: yeah this is a game that really they do a good job of making you feel smart not not making you feel like you figured out the gimmick of the puzzle you most of the I mean? time yeah which speaks to good puzzle design is what it does but uh it, it, it's it's really good I, I don't i don't really know what else to say <laughs> there is some dlc um this is something that you know and again steven we've talked about this a million times Escape Academy is on Game Pass, so that's (laughs) why we're playing it. (laughs) We love Game Pass around
0: here. (laughs) Yes, we do.
2: I'll talk about a board game. So uh, anybody who pays attention to the family gamers on social media saw that we got a shipment this week from Flat River Group. They have. I saw that. Of really, really great brands that they represent. Some of them are in-house brands. Some of them are just brands that they kind of do the representation for. Sort of like the the old vestiges of what Luma used to do. And one of those games that we played was Tokaido Duo. So lots of people know Tokaido. It was kind of this classic Japanese uh, journey game where you're enjoying the journey, not so much uh, as the destination. This is a game where you choose how far along a path you want to move your worker. And whoever is the farthest behind gets to go next. So you could potentially go a few times in a row. Is that the way that you want to organize things, whatever.
1: But it doesn't lend itself particularly well to two player.
2: No, I mean, no, it doesn't. So in Tokaido Duo, now you're on an island instead of walking along a path. And there's three different kinds of workers. Both players have these three different workers and each worker correlates to a different die. And so whoever the first player is, they roll these three dice. They draft one of those dice, which allows them to move a certain worker in a certain way and gain some sort of reward and then you know, the other player will draft a, a second die, and then the first player gets to draft that third one. And so every turn, one player is moving two guys, and the other player is moving one, but it switches back and forth, so it does stay balanced. And all three of these characters have win conditions on their individual kind of worker boards. And so the players are really incentivized to keep them as close to in balance as possible, because once you maximize any board, pretty much, the game is going to end. So obviously you want to balance those so that you can increase your total victory points. It has obviously a lot of artistic similarity to the original Takedo and it feels very similar, albeit definitely different mechanically.
1: Yeah, it does have some of that same feel of like, you know, that you're going to go from um, having last choice, you know, of a thing to having first choice of a thing and that back and forth. And like Takedo, all of the things are scoring differently in this case it's just that your three workers all score differently rather than you know you're trying to do all this various different set collection. Mm-hmm. So, only played it once so far, but we like it so far. <laughs> we'll try it some more and uh, and see if we could break it.
0: <laughs> you know, what's interesting one thing that I my my interesting thing to share about Takedo is back in the day I backed the this crazy collector's edition of Tacato on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and so I have this crazy giant white box with all the metal coins and all the doohickeys. Um, I've never played it,
2: <laughs> but it sure does look nice <laughs> on your shelf. I bet. Oh,
0: it looks amazing, and I love it, and I can't wait to play someday. I know that it's one of those games that like I could play with my mom, and she would really, really love it.
2: There you go. Mm-hmm. That's the, that. Trust me, it's a better experience than Twilight Imperium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, probably this. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk. We'll we'll talk about it because I actually yeah, I, I have my, my mom is very <laughs> my mom's weird my mom's weird but um yeah yeah it's all our it's, moms it, are
1: weird it's fine yeah all Dude, of our
0: moms are weird in different ways my mom is
2: probably currently playing uh, Final Fantasy fourteen or something like that so.
0: I mean Final, yeah, 14, Final Fantasy fourteen is pretty cool um and I can't it's
2: kind of weird for a grandma
0: I can't judge because I have three monitors and two of them have two World of Warcraft accounts simul like right now so i just
2: wasn't judgment this is just it's weird for a grandma that's all i mean that's fair that's fair i
0: am not a grandma so i kind of get away with it With that said fun sidebar while we're talking about moms um my mother almost bought a playstation 5 a month ago she had it in her amazon cart you know why why would you say, is it for Spider-Man Steve? No, not for Spider-Man. Although she does love superheroes. Was it for God of war for some reason? No. Was it, you no, know, it for the avatar Pandora far cry game. That's coming out in December. She okay. is without question, the biggest avatar fan on earth. I think she likes it more than James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, like I'm joking. But, like, I'm kind of not joking. Like, she really loves that. And so I showed her a trailer for the game because I know she likes Avatar. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a PS5 game trailer, right? So, like, it looks sick. And it's pretty. And, you know, it's Avatar stuff. And so then she was farting around on her phone. And we were hanging out on their back deck, you know, just talking, visiting. And she hands me her phone. And she's like, is this what I would need? (laughs) Oh, my. And I was like, what? For what? What do you need? Like, why do you need one of these? Well, I want to play, you know, what if I wanted to play the Pandora game? And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Mom, it's a first person shooter. So like, that's like one heck of a way to get into games, Man. but like, um, and so the, we compromised and by compromise, I mean, I talked her down. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to buy the game when it comes out. And I'm gonna go, and I'm actually gonna play. I'm bringing one of my sons, and I'm just gonna play the game in her living room, and like hand her the controller if she really gets excited. But I, I suspect that she's just gonna want to sit and eat snacks and like watch me like blow up, sure. Sure. like whatever Marines they are. But like that's who my mom is. Like she's you know she's almost bought a PlayStation. I'm am kind of glad that I was there because she might have done it. Um I mean, she's got and the, you
2: know fun like she can do what she
0: wants. I mean, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, she's a grown adult with grown adult money. It's not like I would have, like, scolded her like a child. I can't believe you, mother. I can't believe. How dare you? It's more like a really nightmare scenario for the one weekend that you would that she would play the game. Uh, Just borrow mine. (laughs) Just I've got, it's fine. We yeah. can let it go for the weekend. But anyway, I just thought to share a little anecdote. We, we we pretty much never stick to the script when I'm here. Never.
2: No, not even close. <laughs> script? What script? I don't even know if people know there is a script. It's <laughs> fine. Whatever.
0: Uh, fun fact. Andrew does do runs of show. He doesn't ever really bother to send it to me because he knows I'm just know. going to ignore it. I, yeah. I just throw it behind me. i be like, what's a run of show? Yeah. We just tell stories and talk about stuff. That's fine. We can do that.
2: Uh, gosh, I don't know, Anitra. Do you want to keep talking about games? <laughs>
1: I, I mean, let's talk about a couple more games we've been playing. Okay, Another go. one that we got from Flat River Group to try out is this game called Perfect Match. That's per like what cats do.
2: Yeah, because it's a game about bad cats.
1: It's about uh, running a cat cafe and ha- trying to have more cats and better cats than your rival cat cafes.
2: Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal with this game. This game is heavily luck-based. I played it with Anitra last night, and I beat her. We played it again this morning, and she demolished me, and it was entirely because it was of all the luck. draw of yeah. the cards. And I that's mean, fine.
1: There is strategy you, involved in the game, but it yeah, was sure. luck that made you There is some lose strategy, so but
2: mostly it's luck. And that's okay. If you like cats and you enjoy the idea of playing a game with cards, you should buy this game. It's very simple. The game is not complicated, but the game is not so reductive that you're going to hate your life for playing it, which means that it's going to rely on the theme. The theme is cats. If you like cats, you will like this game. If you don't like cats, you won't like this game. That's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, and I was telling Andrew the second time we played it, I'm not a huge fan of the art style on this game. It's a very flat um, cartoony look without much distinction or outline. But the person who did all the illustrations definitely captured the derpiness of cats.
2: There is (laughs) one picture of this. I think it's a calico who is just flat out licking its butthole. It's not like gross. It's just like, yep, that's that's a leg in the air.
1: Yeah. And, and there's another one with a a black cat and the black cat is, is hiding in a box. So there's just a paw sticking out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's stuff like that. Like, there's a cat doing the kind of beg, kind of meerkat position that one of our cats does, um, where it really just makes them look super fat.
2: So, anyway, I mean, it, honestly, like, that's the biggest thing I can say about this game. It is a serviceable game. It does the job. If you like cats, you will like it. If you don't like cats, you won't like it. The end. Yeah. That's pretty I, much exactly. my entire review of that
1: game. So. I don't think that'll pass muster as our entire review, but yeah, no. We've got but, time. but
2: I mean, that's the thrust of it, right? I want to play this at more because it supports two to four players. We only played it at two, so it'll yeah. be a little bit more interesting, obviously, with more players. Uh, Steven, I um, I recently finished Celeste. I rolled credits on Celeste. Okay, uh, that's a good game. Game Pass Excellence. Yeah, I like that game a lot. It's really good.
1: That was a game. That's awesome. I watched Andrew play, and I was like. I'm glad you enjoy this game. (laughs) I enjoy short bits of watching you play this game. If I played this game, I would just be screaming at the TV. I died
2: 1,300 times.
0: So, Anitra, 1,300 doesn't even sound like a lot for that game. (laughs) Right. Um, Anitra, here's one of the things... Did Andrew tell you about, like, the accessibility options? Because, like, you can make that game easier if you, like, really wanted to explore it. No, you also I watched don't need somebody
1: to. who's good at platformers crank up the difficulty and oh, play I a did, really oh, I, challenging I, platformer I game. I did not
2: crank up the difficulty. I played it on normal. That was normal. <laughs> or default. I should say default. I don't know what default is, but this is how I play video games. I go in and I just hit start and I go. And if they say what difficulty, I say the medium one. That's yeah. just how I play it. I think that's fair.
0: I think that's fair. So, like, for example, it doesn't really have difficulty modes. What you do is you can make it so you don't take damage. You can make it so that you have infinite grip. You can make it so that it moves slower and stuff like that. So it basically has a bunch of sliders that allow you to essentially customize the game to your own. You know, like, if there's one thing, like, for example, um, my problem is that I, I have bad buttons. So what that means is, uh, in in fighting game community terms, is when I'm stressed out, I hit the wrong button, and that game is stressful, and if you hit the yeah. wrong button, you die. So I needed to break it down into, like, micro-challenges, so I turned the stamina off, so I could just get to a, a wall and hang there and stay yeah. there yeah. forever. Um, knowing that, okay, then I need to just move to the next one. And what it did is it took long strings of jumps and platforming into a series of smaller ones. And that was enough of a change for me to be able to really get farther into the game. And they really fixed it for, you know, a lot of other folks. Like there, maybe some other folks really don't mind that, but maybe they just needed to go a little slower. So it was like an accessibility thing. With that said, what you really got to do, Anitra, is watch a speedrunner play by
2: games freaking imagine
0: (laughs) because celeste is one of those games where watching a speedrunner deathless run where they're just going bananas and it's if you die you restart the whole game and so you're watching make sure you're watching it on youtube don't do anything live but like watch it on youtube watch a deathless run and you are gonna be astonished like if you were impressed by andrew which i'm sure you were andrew's good at platformers Much respect. Watch a speedrunner rock that without dying, and you're going to be like, what is happening with this game? You know, I don't watch people
2: play video games, but I think that's the kind of thing that I would watch.
0: (laughs) Listen, speedrun, speedrun, I don't watch a lot of video games either, unless it's like commentary or personalities, stuff like that, you know, that kind of thing. Esports, that type of deal. But like speedrunning marathons, like Summer Games Done Quick and Awesome Game Done Quick are... And whenever they do a Celeste run, it's always insane watching people that you know, often they'll do like a race where they'll do like three or four people mm. just going through the whole game. It's insane wow. what some of these guys do when they play it like an Olympic sport, basically. <laughs> I mean, they raise a lot of money for Doctors Without Borders every year. Great couple million every uh, every summer, I think. So more
2: money than we raised when I shaved my head. So <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> I mean, listen. Hey, man. Although, thank you to everybody who donated when I shaved my head. We did raise five hundred dollars for.
0: Uh, That's let's I want to say that Games On Quick is a multinational organization <laughs> with support from like Razor yeah. and like. <laughs> You know what I mean? We're talking hundreds of people working together and also like major corporations coming together to like promote this. And it's yeah, been going on ones forever. And
2: ones of hosts. And
0: you are and tens of. Yeah. Who donated. <laughs> the amount of money that you guys raised for that is monumental compared to what you're the size of the operation. So don't the
1: tens and tens of people in our audience. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So man a listen per capita
0: assessment right here yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna defend the family gamers 500 dollars for you guys is significant especially since really it was just getting a haircut for a, a couple of months
2: like, oh but yeah. it was more than that I don't shave
0: my head normally I know oh I know I was I was present <laughs> I mean I wasn't there but I I was aware of what was I happening <laughs> I have
2: yeah. I have pictures of me at Friendly's, Home Depot and Starbucks with half of my head shaved and the other half of my mustache and beard shaved off. Sounds about right. Pretty interesting.
0: Sounds I mean, whatever. because it was, because Somebody
2: it was. twenty dollars
0: for those three pictures. I'll say that. You know what? You did what you had to do, so. and I support it. Anyway, I support call, all of it. If
2: the call for head shaving on Discord gets loud enough, I will, in fact, do it again. But uh, you
1: heard it here first, folks. You know,
2: but only for charity. <laughs> only for charity.
0: For charity, I mean, we
1: approve. Always for charity.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen. Give us one more game: board game or video game. Whatever.
0: Yo, let's talk, You know what? Let me talk about games. All
2: right, let's do it.
0: Uh, uh, this is, We'll keep it nice and simple. Sure. Super Mario Brothers Wonder is bananas. Okay. It's absolutely bananas. This game.
2: We bought this game for our kids for Christmas already.
0: Oh, you so that. you gotta wait. Yeah. Um. I do have to. Dis- I do have to disclose. Nintendo sent me a copy of the they game. They
2: did. They did. Yeah. You're not Stephanie anymore. I'm
0: not. Ste- oh man. Not only am I not Stephanie. Like I <laughs> listen. That uh it's a it's a different it's a whole different world for me now. So I do have to say Nintendo did send me a copy of it, so i am full FTC disclosure. Yeah. But Andrew and Anitra know. These guys are OGs. They know that I was going to love this game no matter what. I mean, the reality is Super Mario Bros. Wonder is a remarkably beautiful game. It is for you know, you wouldn't think that I would that the first thing I would talk about is how pretty it is, but like it's just really pretty and really cool and people talk a lot about Nintendo and the care that they put into like the little fine details with their games. Those show like in tears of the kingdom and things like that. But like, I think that those fine details matter more and show up more in a game that is as simple as a left to right 2d platformer. So it's as simple as when Mario jumps into a pipe that is, you know, like straight ahead. He, jumps into the pipe and his hat falls off and he like reaches out and grabs his hat and pulls it into the pipe. And like that little animation flourish, there's little things like that all over the place. And uh it's just a wonder to behold. The, the levels are all, I mean, of course the level design is awesome. The platforming is great. It is hard when it needs to be hard. It's feel good when it needs to feel good. You know, is it the most challenging Mario game of all time? No. But it's difficult when it needs to be. And even better, they tell you when the when the level, there's a difficulty level. So it'll tell you, like, hey, this is going to be a hard one. Yeah. So if you're just not down, maybe you're late. <laughs> maybe it's late at night and you're like, you know what? I'm not down with this right now. You can skip it in a lot of cases and move on. Uh, and the Wonder Seeds. The big gimmick in this game is that every level has a Wonder Flower. So you get a Wonder Flower. And when you collect it, in some cases, it's right in the middle of the stage. In others, it's hidden, hard to get to. And it changes the gameplay of the game fundamentally for a period of time during the stage. And the goal is to take advantage and, you know, kind of go through that gameplay to get the wonder seed. And you're needing the wonder seeds to unlock later levels. And the wonders, the wonders, the, the wonder mechanics are, some of them are as simple as, the pipes start moving. And so you got to move through that, but there's others where invincibility stars are just raining from the sky, like shooting stars. And so you have to like really catch them and, you know, kind of speed run your way through it. This game is absolutely immaculate. It's one of my favorite games of the year. It's going to find its way onto the EFG essentials without question. We'll have a review of it in the magazine that we're put, that we're going to be building this weekend. Um, so, but I'm giving you kind of spoilers on what I'm talking about now. It's an immaculate game. So, anybody that I guess we're starting the topic, anybody who buys this game for a holiday gift or something, like that, rest assured this is going to be a hit. Uh, unless they hate Mario. I mean, if they hate Mario, then you made a mistake, but if that. they don't hate Mario, uh, it's going to be a hit in every house. So good. All
2: right. So, why don't, why don't we do this? I'll leave you with a fact about this game, which uh steven you either you already know this or as soon as i say this you'll say oh yeah that's totally right <clears throat> and then we'll go to a break we'll take a quick break we'll hear the snap review for game stormers which we released uh, a couple of couple weeks, weeks ago and then when we come back we'll dig right into those guides so here's the fact first year the switch came out nintendo released two AAA games you know what they were <laughs>
0: uh they were are you asking me oh, yeah, they yeah, were uh they were super mario brothers odyssey and the legend of zelda breath of the wild
2: correct And this year, which is most likely the last full year of the Switch, they released two AAA titles, which are... Well, The Legend
0: of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom and Super Mario Brothers: Wonder, and also Pikmin Four. Don't sleep on Pikmin uh, Four. That's AAA. That a AAA um, yeah.
2: yeah, but but I mean, but it's those. But books. no, you know, I know. I'm okay, not, anyway. I
0: don't want to ruin your. I don't want to ruin your okay. trivia. <laughs> your <laughs> trivia is valid.
2: I'm also. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come out and say that in terms of quality, Pikmin Four is in fact a AAA title. In terms of brand recognition, there is no four A. Right, AAA is the highest. I, uh, you're right. Beat Mario and Zelda. So, but that's just the fun fact that the that Mario and Zelda, both of them bookend the Switch, which is just a kind of point. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, absolutely, and it, it, it's all but certain the bookend. You know, this is the last year of the Switch. It's pretty obvious. They haven't said it yet, but I, I mean, they they did their earnings report this week, and they did make they did make it sound very clear like they were going to support the Switch for a long time. You know, even afterwards and. To them, I say, "Well, a duh," because there's 140 million of them out there. Like, what are you going to do? Just quit cold turkey? Come on,
2: man. I hope that speaks to backwards compatibility, but we'll talk about that after the break. We're gonna hear a snap review. We'll be right back.
1: inevitable that after spending so much time with board games some of us would want to make our own games
2: but sometimes it's hard to come up with ideas sometimes it feels like work a lot of the time feels like work thankfully we live in the 21st century where just about everything can be gamified and that's where game stormers comes in
1: this is a snap review for game stormers game stormers is a creative tableau building card game where you take on the role of a game designer
2: You'll be in a battle of three to six people all trying to prove to the elder GameStormer that you can make the best game. It'll take you about an hour to do so.
1: So let's talk about the art here. You have player boards and four different kinds of cards. The boards have a sketched-out grid with space for several concepts.
2: One of the unique things about GameStormers is that because of its subject matter, it's got to touch on a lot of different genres like horror and sci-fi, fantasy and high seas, and just some general civilizations. All of these appear on different cards for storyline mechanics and items, and it's really a treat for the eyes to take in all the different pieces of art you'll be playing down onto your player boards.
1: The graphic design does a great job at subtly reinforcing the different card types. The art is consistent across all the genres, which encourages some experimentation, like high seas with fantasy or even with sci-fi but they also obviously belong to their specific genre. You'll never wonder what cards, quote, go together. The character cards all look very interesting. They don't belong to any specific genres, but they do look like people I'd want to talk to.
2: The art is rich and the colors are saturated. It's definitely a like more modern art style. Okay, you like the art. I do. <laughs> How do you actually
1: play this game?
2: Well, we already touched on it at the top. In GameStormers, your goal is to have the most victory points to convince the elder GameStormer that you make the best games. And you'll do that by playing cards, storyline cards, mechanic cards, and item cards onto your playmat.
1: You'll start the game with a mechanic and an item card in your hand. And you'll pick between two characters to put a character down on your mat.
2: On your turn, you take two actions in any order. The item market.
1: Take a card from the face-up market into your hand. The theater. Roll the theater dice, then use a blank card to create a storyline, mechanic, or item. Put that card in your hand. It'll be worth two victory points if you play it out onto your board later on. The Forum. Draw the top three cards from either the storyline or the mechanic deck. Keep one, discard the rest. The Temple. Use the ability of an item or a storyline card in your hand, and then discard it.
2: Or finally, the Arena. Declare that you've entered the Arena! take a token. Once everyone has taken their turn, if multiple players have entered the arena, they each draw a storyline, item, and mechanic card. Using these three cards, they create a game narrative and they pitch it to the table. Whoever gets the most votes for best pitch keeps their arena token and their opponents. Every competitor gets to keep one of the three cards that they drew.
1: Then every player puts a card on their notebook playmat.
2: After five rounds, everyone's notebook will be full. Each player gives a two-minute overview of the game they've created, and everyone conducts an anonymous vote. The winner gets the Designer's Choice Award, which is worth two more points.
1: Then you'll tally up your points according to the scoreboard and any special
2: abilities you have on your cards. The player with the most points wins. At higher player counts, there is a slightly less complex party variant in the rulebook. We'll leave you to find out about that for yourselves. So, Andrew, what did you expect from GameStormers? I came into GameStormers with a blank slate. This is the only game designed by John Spike, who is admittedly specifically focused on the educational side of gaming. His company is game Storm Edu, after all. So I was a little worried that we'd have a game that was focused a little bit too much on education and mechanics and not enough on fun.
1: I wondered what it meant that we'd summon a game within the game itself. That didn't make any sense to me.
2: But there were some surprises here as well. GameStormers was more fun than I expected. I like that you're creating the narrative of a game, but I did find that our kids really struggled with telling the story of a game.
1: The kids weren't the only ones.
2: (laughs) The stories they told were just stories. There really isn't enough here, even with mechanics and items, to push the narrative in a direction where you need to have the players do something.
1: I agree. This feels like a storytelling game. The mechanics of the game are fine, but they put me into a mindset where I'm just trying to get the most points, rather than figure out the best game combination and story. It felt like something was missing, what game developers call the magic circle, to get everyone really involved in playing the same game together. So, Andrew, would we recommend GameStormers?
2: Well, I think GameStormers does have a place on a shelf, but I think it's a really particular place on a really particular (laughs) shelf. If you're a family that loves to tell stories, GameStormers is really cool. It's beautiful,
1: and the graphic design is on point. But it turns out this kind of game is a hard sell for a lot of people. And there are a lot of other games trying to do this kind of thing already in slightly different ways.
2: The idea that GameStormers is doing games instead of stories is novel, but kind of like I said before, there's not really enough to make that difference stand out. GameStormers is pretty good at what it's going for, there's just a super limited audience for it. But if you are that audience, we're going to rate GameStormers 3.5 mechanics out of 5.
1: And that's GameStormers in a snap. snap.
2: Oh yeah, so this is going to be run by Stephen, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, we're pretty much going to sit back and let Stephen tell us about all of the (laughs) video games that we should be buying or recommending for
2: gifts for this holiday season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to a podcast instead of making one.
0: (laughs) I mean, the cool part, the, the, the part that stinks though is that like you're... You, you, you're, you like, gonna be a part of it, but you still gotta edit it, so... That's true.
2: That's He's true, gonna so listen I'll to really it, like,
1: three times. That's all it means.
0: <laughs> I mean, so, sure, let's do it. So, this is our, this is my annual invasion of, uh, the Family Gamers podcast, and so... Uh, if you don't know, if you do know, meaning if you have listened for at least a year, you'll probably know that I run Engage Family Gaming or a website. We review board games and video games, obviously. Um, I run the video game side. Uh, we've been in operation for 10 years as of this past June. Uh, and our holiday gift guide, our board game gift guide has been up for about a week. Uh, the video game guide is going up, uh, now, literally, but it's going up without images just so that I can get this up. To go along with the recording of this podcast and so that I can see it more clearly. Don't worry, it'll be fine. I'll fix it in post. But <laughs> the gift guide for me is pretty simple. You know, we have three consoles and it's one article on the video game side where I just go through recommendations by console. It's easy to see because the you know it's broken down very nicely. And so I'll just go right down to them. I'll start with Xbox because uh, Xbox is actually pretty straightforward. Number one game pass. If you are, yeah, it's Game Pass. If you are, um,
2: Stop taking if, you, out
0: of his mouth. if you are, it's fine. If you are buying for someone who has Xbox and you're looking for something, you know, like I, I've talked about this on probably the last three episodes that we've done this on is I think Game Pass is an important purchase for uh, anybody who has an Xbox, you can never go wrong giving them a few more months. If you buy them a month and they're already an active subscriber, it'll just tack on to the end of their existing subscription, save them a couple of bucks. Uh, it is an incredible value. There is no better value in gaming than Xbox Game Pass. I think uh, Apple Arcade competes in very niche scenarios, but Xbox Game Pass is the king right now. and. It is only getting better. Um, the recent completion of the purchase of Activision Blizzard just makes Game Pass that much more attractive over the next handful of years. So if you're just looking for something quick and you need to go fast, grab a one, three, or six-month, you know, whatever card you see, uh, just grab it. It'll never it, – it always fits uh, for everybody. And even if they are young kids, this is something that I've had a lot of folks kind of ask, you know, what if I'm buying for younger kids if it's for a family and they got younger kids in there, the Paw Patrol games are on there. Um, Ryan's Racing is on there. There are plenty of E for Everyone and E10-plus games mm-hmm. on Game Pass, including all the sports games. They're older ones, but the sports games are on there, too, like Madden, FIFA, etc. So don't necessarily panic that it's just all Headshot Central on Game Pass. That stuff is there, but it's not all of it. You guys are nodding your head. I mean... That the, the Game Pass kind of speaks for itself.
2: Especially in a family where multiple people game, right? Because yep. those those Venn diagrams might overlap, but there's going to be differences. And that's, for us, that's where the real value is, is the fact that we all have slightly different but overlapping taste in
0: games. Yeah, taking that point, slightly different but overlapping taste, it's like, you know what? Andrew can get some Halo, get his Halo on, one kid can go download F- FIFA and... No one is hurt by that. You know what I mean. Like no one is losing out by okay. We got a gift card for a game. We can only get one. Yeah. Exactly. Like no one's in trouble because they're kind of missing out. Like there's no compromise necessary. And I think that is so huge. Um, the fact that everybody can kind of participate and and pick their own thing. Not and my my personal favorite is not only can you pick your own thing. Uh, But you don't feel, you don't have to feel pressured by it. Game Pass really reminds me of time immemorial when I used to every Friday afternoon uh, after school. My mom would take my brother and I to the local video store and we would browse and we would get a game for the weekend. And we took some crazy risks because we're like, you know what? It's only one game, it's only for a weekend. That's what it feels like here is if there's a day where I'm like, you know what? I just want to try something. I just want to, I just want to play. Uh, I can just download it. Um, So game pass is crazy. I could talk for hours about all the benefits of it. There are countless top 10 lists of games on game pass. You could look at, but that's that. So um, uh, the first true game on the list, uh, I want to talk about Minecraft legends because Minecraft legends is a Minecraft-themed game that is more or less a real-time strategy game. Uh, it is on Game Pass because it is a first—it uh, is a first-party Xbox game. And so the deal with Minecraft Legends is: you are a dude, and you're doing dude things, raising an army of mobs to battle an army of pigmen and various other challenges it is freaking cool uh, and it's a it's a real time strategy game there's really no other way to describe it that's what it is it's uh done from a uh like a third person perspective you know it's not minecraft it's never going to replace it but i think you know for families who have a minecraft kid in the house that, ne- that are just looking for a little bit of a different cha- different kind of challenge, different little flavor. This is absolutely worth looking at. MSRP's low. It's only $30. <laughs> it's included on Game Pass. And, you know, been, I, I know I say only $30. Obviously, you know, standard caveat applies. Video games are a luxury entertainment item. So, you know, if 30 bucks is too much, then so be it. But 30 bucks for a, is a pretty good budget price game for what is a fully featured video game. It's very interesting. It's neat. Uh, I think a lot of folks will enjoy it. The only thing to think about is that it's a little challenging. Uh, but that's it. And it is available on all the things I'm kind of listing this under Xbox because it's, you know, it's on game pass and it's Minecraft, which is owned by Microsoft, but it's on everything. Yeah, so you, you can get this on Switch and PC and PlayStation 5. It's been out since April and, uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. Minecraft Legends next on my list. And this is another one, uh, that. It actually is not out yet. comes out next week. Um, And so I'm putting it on my gift guide, sight unseen. Wow. Solely because my kids have been freaking out about it. And they shouldn't because I have teenagers. Um, But it is the Bluey video game. Oh, get out of here. What? Get out of here. So here's the thing. Outright Games is a outfit that focuses primarily on licensed titles for younger kids, yeah. and I have you know worked with Outright for a while, and you know the the games they make are competent and quality. This is the, these are the folks that made the Peppa Pig adventure game, <laughs> which by the way sold well enough that it got paid DLC. I just want to, I just want everybody to wrap their heads around the fact. Wow, that the the Peppa Pig adventure game sold well enough that they made paid DLC for it. Wow, just 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 let that marinate. If you need to (laughs) pause the podcast for a minute because you're driving, go ahead, just pause, think on that, come back next exit. So, um, Bluey is. I mean, if you don't know, if I mean, if you have kids, you know what Bluey is, and if you don't have kids, you probably know what Bluey is because your neighbor kids are screaming about it.
1: Bluey has a banger of a theme song
0: Right. Um. did you see the marching band the college marching band that always does pop culture uh, stuff and they did the bluey song uh,
1: yes because my daughter's obsessed fire with band yes
0: fire i mean that song was fire and honestly they they shouted the names of the characters <laughs> audibly it. and that was impressive okay that's like projection so um this is a just one of those adventure platforming games where you're reliving moments from the show this is we we've been playing these licensed games forever but here's the thing licensed games are better now than they were back in the day just what? by nature of the no. fact they because fun fact games are better now than they than they were back in the day with very few exceptions just the, the floor has been raised enough uh so i think that if you are a house that has bluey maniacs in it I feel comfortable recommending this game to them sight unseen because I can't think of another fandom that will accept a video game based on their thing so universally than Bluey. Like, you know, Star Wars fans will rip apart any Star Wars media no matter what, right? Wrestling fans, they'll do it. Transformers fans were the worst. But Bluey fans, they're going to love this game. They're just so I, I feel comfortable saying it. It's also a budget price game. It's forty dollars. Um, it's available on Amazon, you know, for pre-order right now. And also, like, how could I put out a family-friendly video game gift guide and not include Bluey on it? Um, I That'd felt like sure. it was just so. Um, and it's again, it's on everything, including PC, which means like, are they going to have mod support? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just <laughs> weird. Um are going to have
1: up. Oh,
0: oh, absolutely. That's that's the core gameplay element of this game, is that you're you're playing brother, sister, mom, dad with the kids, you know, whatever. It's it's meant to be a neat little co-op romp. This is not the next Dark Souls, right, guys? This is (laughs) really meant to just be some silly experience. Hopefully the theme song is in there, rocking it out. This is especially going to be a big hit with the younger set. Like, if you are... Big gamer household, but you've got the younger kid that maybe hasn't been able to get into games. Uh, this is going to be a gateway for them, especially if you don't have a Nintendo, right? Like if you're an Xbox or PlayStation, you're just looking for something for the kid brother, kid sister to get into. This will be, I I feel like this is a good option. And even if it isn't like the PS de resistance, best video game of the year, um, they're going to have fun because it's bluey and who doesn't love bluey next. This is new for me. Um, I don't normally do this, but I'm actually going to recommend a free-to-play game on my gift guide. And the reason for that is this game came and went, and no one talks about it, and it's freaking cool. Um, It's Disney Speedstorm. Do either of you guys know what Disney Speedstorm is?
2: Never heard of it.
0: It's a free-to-play Mario Kart clone featuring Disney and Pixar characters.
2: (laughs) Okay. Interesting.
0: Would you like to... Race as Captain Hook in like a cool, like NASCAR style race suit. Of course you do. Who wouldn't? That's it. That's the game. That's the tweet. It's it's a it's a Mario Kart clone with it's a competent Mario Kart clone with Disney characters. It's on everything. I wouldn't worry about it if it's on Switch because you know if you own a Switch you can just get Mario Kart. But for everybody else. There's Disney Speedstorm. And you know what? It is, Like I said, it is a competent Mario Kart clone. And frankly, competent Mario Kart clone is a really good compliment for every game except Mario Kart. Uh, Yeah. And it's free. Uh, You know, there's battle passes and, you know, monetization. It's a free-to-play game. But it's already on, like, Season 3 of content. It's made by Gameloft, which initially gave me pause. However, Gameloft, usually they do a lot of kind of throwaway mobile games. But they've been putting in work um on Disney Speedstorm. So I included this on my on my list and yes, it is free to play. So like legit just download it Christmas night and then play it in the morning. It's like not real like I just felt like I had to include it. This is one of those things that I included and then I was like I got to add another game because it's not really a gift if it's a free game, right? I mean, I guess you could dress it up, but it's another one of those like if you're getting a new console,
1: yeah.
0: You know, throw Speedstorm on there. It's like a bonus free game. Um, you know, yeah. uh, so. Anyway, um, yes, you can race as lightning McQueen against other racers. Fantastic. So uh have fun with that.
2: Wait, do you do you race as Lightning McQueen driving a car?
0: I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I just know he's in the game. I don't know he's, I've uh I don't know. Um I or hope that he's just in the car.
1: Driving Lightning McQueen.
2: Oh, that's
0: can we can we sidebar very briefly? I want to talk about cars for a minute. My son, so my oldest is seventeen, which means cars, when the first cars movie came out, he was like the perfect age. He was like two to three like right in there that we watch car we watch cars so much andrew
2: me. it's a great movie
0: it is great how much did you watch cars steve (laughs) i'll tell you guys how much i watched i watched cars so much that i got i developed a crush on bonnie hunt what? <laughs> <laughs> now, you might say to yourself, who's Bo- you know what wo- wo- who Bonnie Hunt? I think well, Bonnie Hunt that's must have been a voice Bo- actor for Bonnie Hunt is Helen Hunt's sister who voiced Sally the yep. Porsche ah, with pinstripes.
1: Yes. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I am
0: like <laughs> so like I I want to be very specific. I did not develop a crush on Sally the Porsche. <laughs> But the voice actress, I did. There's okay. no way around it. I can't help it. Um, so anyway, that's my Cars-related uh, cars tangent. Uh, that movie was freaking genius. Life is a highway, everybody. Um, so anyway, next game on the Xbox list, Hi-Fi Rush. Yep.
2: Okay. Yep. This game's crazy.
0: Oof. Listen, Hi-Fi Rush was a shadow drop in January of this year, and it kicked off what is without question the best video- year in video games in history. And hi-fi rush, like it's not going to be in the list for game of the year or things like there's just too much other stuff. Any other year, hi-fi rush would be standing tall. It's just. What are you going to do? Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, come running wild on you. But Hi-Fi Rush is a rhythm action game made by a company that, old, that used to only make horror games. And it's really just this bright and colorful, dystopian, but who cares uh, game based on fighting to the beat. I will say this. I have zero rhythm. I, in fact, have so little rhythm that, that I ruin the rhythm of other people around me while I stand still. I'm like a black hole of rhythm. Um, and I was still able to play this game. The visual cues, the some of the accessibility options to make it a little bit more forgiving. This is super cool. Very neat. Uh, one of the things that I really like about it is if you don't like the original music that was made for it by like actual bands, you can turn it to streamer mode and it's basically like you get a different game because you know, it has non-licensed music. Uh, which I think is super cool. Uh, this is a very neat game. If you are buying for someone who really loves them, some action games, and they're just looking for something a little different, number one, it's obviously on Game Pass, but it's a budget price game, I- I- at least compared to other AAA titles, sixty bucks, and it's really good. It's really good. I think everybody, sh- if you own Game Pass, you des- you owe it to yourself to download this and try it.
1: Yeah, we we definitely tried this. Uh, I don't know, six eight months ago. And yeah. It was a. It was an interesting thing to try.
0: It is definitely not for everyone, but it is especially for fans of action games. This is a different experience that is very you know that that is worth looking at, especially if you have Game Pass. But it could definitely comes highly recommended from me. Uh, it's going to find its way onto our Xbox Essentials without question when we do the update. Last couple uh, for Xbox these are some multi-platform games that they're just going to get talked about here for the first time. Uh, If if you're buying for a Star Wars fan, there was a new Star Wars game that came out this year. Nobody's talking about it anymore because every other video game came out and it was all super great. But this is the sequel to uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Guess what? Uh, it is two things that are really important. One, it's a sequel to a game, and it, they basically took everything in the first one and made it bigger, better, faster, stronger. The other thing is, and this is something that is not often talked about, is this is a family-friendly Dark Souls game. It's a Souls game. There's really no other question about it. This is combat that is slow, methodical, fair but punishing um, and is rated t for teen which is something that is not common amongst the dark souls the bloodborns the lord of the fallen etc the lies of p those are all horror games for lack of a better term and this is not it is a star wars adventure game so if you have somebody that wants to play a really hard game And you know that they're up to the challenge or they're interested in that kind of a challenge, but you're not quite ready to have them set foot into a gothic horror nightmare universe, have them run from Darth Vader. It's arguably scarier, but like, you know, it's rated T. So, Andrew, you you look like you want to say something. I do.
2: I do. (laughs) So, this is a game that came out earlier in the year, and I have definitely had my eye on it. Given that this is a single player game, even though it is the first holiday season that this game is hitting, do you expect discounts on this one to- Oh yeah
0: this is absolutely going to be a this one is going to be a great one to keep your eye out on for Black Friday. Yeah, that's, that's, I think I
2: probably we'll be buying this game it, you know whenever Black Friday what is that in a couple of I mean, This is an EA
0: game mm-hmm. um EA games are Often, I mean, think about Madden, right? Like, as soon as Madden I buy like, that
2: game, it's going to go on Game Pass because EA play. Like, I know that already.
0: I mean, I think that is likely, but at the same time, the predictability of you know buying it at half price, right. and right. you know, because it's pro. This is probably this is one of those games uh, that would absolutely like if you were waiting or you know, absolutely look to this one. This is a next gen game, so PS5, Xbox Series X. It's absolutely gorgeous, and the key here is that it is a Dark Souls game. This game is hard, so if you're buying for someone that is up to that challenge or interested in that challenge, make sure you do that. If they're just looking for like some arcadey action, maybe find maybe find something else because this is a difficult game, but it's a really cool Star Wars adventure. I think Star Wars Outlaws next year is going to be a nice little arcadey romp. This one is getting down with your lightsaber uh, power fantasy. So uh, the next one is Street Fighter VI, uh, which is funny. I get to bring it up on the Xbox because it's actually on Xbox this time. Listen, it's the best Street Fighter ever made. It's such an amazing experience. They added a whole bunch of single-player stuff uh, with, like, a weird campaign mode where you're making a character and all this stuff. If you do not like Street Fighter, do not buy this game because it is Street Fighter. <laughs> Straight up. But if you know somebody that's like, man, I really want to play a fighting game. Um, here's the advantage that street fighter has street fighter is not mortal Kombat. one in that you can play this in front of polite company and they will be maybe weirded out by Chun-Li's jiggle physics, but Chun-Li will not disembowel someone in front of grandma. Not going to do it. She's just not, she will kick them many times. Uh, but it's, you know, Street Fighter is weird, whereas Mortal Kombat is vile Boy, in gross. great ways. I mean, I love me some Mortal Kombat, but like Street Fighter is weird, and man, Ryu looks so good, and some of the, it's just great. So there's really not much to say about it other than that. Street Fighter 6, it's great. There's
2: 6 represent like one of those kind of pseudo reboots like Mortal Kombat 1 does with- their-
0: no, I mean, not really. I mean, yes and no. Like, it, it is- this is a continuation of the story, like- yeah, for whatever the story actually shenanigans is, but like, you know, they, this is, they are older, you know, canonically they are older. Like Chun-Li has like big mom energy in this game, which like that doesn't bother me, not even in the slightest, but like Ken, his story is that he's like a divorced dad, like trying to like get back to his kids. And he's got like it, that kind of, it. they've got that kind of stuff going on. But at the end of the day, they're, you know, like dudes punching cars and, like, some of the costumes in there are just bananas. They um, You can buy the Ryu Power Ranger costume. So, anyway, if, if you don't like Street Fighter, don't buy Street Fighter. But if you like Street Fighter and you somehow don't have it already, this game is definitely going to be on sale for Black Friday. Buy this game. Um, last Xbox games, uh, there's two. Party Animals is super cool, cute. It's like a physics fighting game where you're like these adorable little animals doing stupid crap. Uh, It's on Game Pass. um, I've been
1: playing it. It's adorable.
0: It's also on PC, so you know if you've got it, it plays on just about everything. This is not a super graphically intense game, even though it's pretty cute. Uh, This is a thirty dollar game. It's E10 plus. This is meant to be stupid. Bring this, throw the throw controllers at the cousins and Mm. torment each other for a few hours. Mm. So, lastly, one for the grown ups: Starfield. Here's my question. Do you like space crap? If you like space crap, then Starfield is something that you should look at if you have an Xbox or uh, for someone, you know, for someone that owns an Xbox if they don't have it. Uh Starfield is it's Fallout in space, guys. If you want Fallout in space, hmm. it, it, it's Fallout in space. If you do not want Fallout in space, I highly recommend not playing Starfield. <laughs> but <clears throat> the reality though is there's a lot of people that want to fall out in space, myself included. So this is one of those neat adventures. On Game Pass. So yeah, that's the Xbox. Expo- that's the and it's on Game Pass. Just about everything I listed here, with the exception of Star Wars, which will come eventually because of a partnership with EA and Street Fighter, but even Street Fighter 6 might find its way out of Game Pass eventually. All these things are either free or on Game Pass. Blue Wheel will definitely be on Game Pass too. Outright does partnerships with them. It'll just probably be in the spring. Um, moving on to uh, Sony, and I'll go fast through some of these, because some of these are summer reruns. It's weird that I'm going to bring up a Sonic game. No,
2: it's not. Right. These are good. Like, I'm, ex- I'm excited for the Spyro games coming to Game Pass because of the Activision purchase. Like Those games are all good. Man. I mean,
0: I, I am not a Sonic guy, but I recognize his place in video game canon. Sonic Superstars is a 2D... Sonic game that is not Sonic Mania 2, and that is deliberate. This is more of kind of an exploration game uh, where you're kind of collecting power-ups that help you, you know, the the chaos gems give you different movement powers, uh, which isn't admittedly interesting. This is, you know, it's a multiplayer game too, uh, so this is another one where you can kind of get everybody on the, well, up to four people uh, and into the game at once. It's on everything, because, of course, it is. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, it, you know, if you are a parent who loved you some Sonic the Hedgehog and you want to share that experience with your kids, this is the 2023 way to do that. And I think um, while I may personally think that uh, Sonic Mania probably, you know, cheaper and I think Sonic Mania is the best Sonic game. This certainly looks awesome. The music is great. The level design is cool. And the exploration mechanics with, like, the new, like, little superpowers. I can't. It's hard to argue with it. Other PlayStation games. Octopath Traveler 2. I'm going to mention that one. Octopath Traveler 2. We actually reviewed it in the summer issue of our magazine. Uh, dude, I love this game. Octopath Traveler 2 is a turn-based role-playing game about eight characters. Get it? Eight. And they're on their different paths and they all come together. It's such a stupid video game name, but it is so good. Uh, this is a really neat game to look at because of a, uh, they call it their H- HD 2D art style, which is basically just imagine Final Fantasy VI up but with, like, god rays and, like, really awesome water and particle effects. This is so cool. It is, uh, the one thing that I will say is uh, this game's really hard. But if you know somebody that's really interested in turn-based role-playing games and they don't own this yet, I definitely think, uh, this is on PlayStation, PC, and Switch. I definitely recommend this for folks that love, that are interested in turn-based role-playing games. Maybe somebody that loved them some old school Final Fantasy, but don't want to play the new action-oriented Final Fantasy games. I think Octopath Traveler is kind of moving into that realm. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan. And, uh, the remaining two are for the grownups. Uh, one of them is, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, which is, this is Dungeons and Dragons. Do you like Dungeons and Dragons? Then perhaps you would like to play Baldur's Gate 3 because it is very literally Dungeons and Dragons with a level 12, uh, level cap because they didn't want to code higher level magic. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't either. Magic at that level gets really, really dumb. You know, it's, it is rated M for mature. It earns that M rating in a number of ways, um, many of which I cannot repeat here, but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell Andrew and Anitra uh, when we're off the air. But this is for the grown-ups. Baldergate. It's on PC uh, and it is uh, going to find its way to PlayStation very soon. It'll be on Xbox by the end of the year, to my understanding. Uh, they figured some stuff out. <laughs> And lastly, um and this is probably the most important PlayStation game for grown-ups of this year and that is Final Fantasy 16. One thing that I have gone on record multiple times across EFG content is that historically Final Fantasy has been a T-rated franchise meaning you've been it has been the Avengers in that You could always count on it for being over the top and kooky and crazy. But at the end of the day, you could bring your teenage, your teenagers and often even younger to it as long as you understood who you were getting people fighting monsters with swords and fireballs. Final fantasy 16 is rated M as all get out and shows you why within the first two hours of the game. Okay. I saw things that surprised me, and I am a grown man (laughs) within the first two hours of this game. I was like, they did what? They explicitly said that their influences for this game were uh, were one of their biggest influences was the Game of Thrones uh, series. So, um, and they are not joking. There's some very intense stuff in here. With that said, man, is it the probably one of the best looking games I've ever seen? The action is bananas. The set pieces are so. Huge and crazy! I don't even know what to do with myself. I, I mean, I'm a Final Fantasy fanboy. I can't recommend it for families, but if you are a longtime fan of the series, this is in fact a Final Fantasy game. But man,
2: all right, wow! Oh, I ha- I do have a I do have a quite one question about PlayStation. Uh, Ragnarok. You expect that to be on sale? Oh yeah.
0: yeah, I mean it's a year it's a year old. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, PlayStation. The only person, the only company that doesn't put their games on sale is Nintendo everybody else i would oh i would absolutely expect a good sale on Ragnarok. frankly diablo 4 is on sale right now so if you were looking for some diablo i know that's not on any of this stuff but um after blizzcon this past weekend diablo 4 40 something percent off i'm actually picking it up granted i can pay for it with world of warcraft gold cuz i'm broken on the inside <laughs> but um you know so like Really, I was just waiting. Do I spend two million gold or three million gold? <laughs> um, anyway, we could talk about in game economies later. It's switch time, everybody. All right. So here we go. Right from the jump. Obviously, the blue game is going to be on there. And I think that's probably going to be a big audience for, for switch, but, uh, Metroid Prime Remastered came out this year. How weird is that? Just kind of just showed up. Yeah. Metroid Prime is one of the best video games ever made, period, full stop, the end. Metroid Prime Remastered is one of the best games of all time, remastered to be even better.
2: Maybe I'll actually play it now.
0: And it's 40 bucks.
1: I played the first one. I didn't get super far in it, but I... I played like a half an hour of the first I one. I liked way more of Metroid Prime than what I tried of the original side-scrolling Metroid
2: See, and games. I'm the opposite. Oh, I mean... And I'm a side... Like, that's my jam. We already talked about this with but, Celeste.
1: But this should be telling, because I'm normally not a big first-person shooter
2: fan. Listen, like, if you really want to spend 40 for bucks me, on this game, I will gladly play it.
1: And and Metroid <laughs> Prime, both the like control structure worked out okay for me, and it was compelling enough that I wanted to keep playing.
0: Sure. It is improved on the Switch. So um, if there were quality of life issues that you had with the original one, control-wise, etc., they are improved. This is a remaster in the Nintendo sense of the word, where they took what was already a masterpiece and they fixed stuff. So I uh, <laughs> highly encourage this one. All right. So it is rated T for Teen. With that said, it's rated T for Teen largely because it's kind of intense. You are the only real character in this game, and you're exploring spooky environments, fighting monsters. There's a little bit of, like, Monster's blowing up into green goop yeah. or whatever, but like this is not the end of the world. I would feel comfortable playing this with younger uh with younger kids, assuming they're okay with spooky environments, right? You know? Yeah. So uh next, uh Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. That also came out this year. And this is a remake of a Wii game. Now this is uh this is not new on the Switch. Andrew and has seen me talk about this before and Nitra has <laughs> probably heard me talk about it too that pretty much uh, everything that was out on the Wii or the GameCube has been pulled forward onto the Switch. Why? Because, of course, they did. They make great games. And if it wasn't appreciated on this previous system, why not just fix it up and put it over here? This was especially true with Wii U games. But this is a Wii game that absolutely got a remaster treatment. Uh, my middle son, absolutely one of the biggest Kirby fans I know, he played the heck out of this. It is super adorable. Uh, it's a multiplayer game. You know, all the different costumes you put on and everything. This is this is a great experience, so I highly recommend it. And, yeah, it's an E10 Plus cooperative side-scrolling kind of action game, and it's Kirby. So, uh, WarioWare Move It. I guess, full disclosure, Nintendo sent me this one. It's WarioWare. This game is really, really dumb because it's WarioWare. I, I mean, so, if you don't know what WarioWare is... It's
1: supposed to be dumb because it's WarioWare. it's very Oh, yes.
0: If you want, if you want to go look at one of our shorts, we actually did put a YouTube video up with a seven-second clip of my two sons and my five-year-old nephew playing this game, um, and so they're doing like this dance move thing where they got to put their hands in the air and like kind of wiggle. And he decided that his version of wiggling was headbutting my teenager, and. Like it's just, it, it, and he's, he got points. Uh, it was great. This is a $50 title. If you don't know what WarioWare is, basically it's minigame collections, but they are micro games, meaning you're doing something real dumb for a few seconds at a time, like a minute uh, it's, or less. Most of the time, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, minute or less. Some of them are seconds, where it's like yeah. you're just kind of doing a thing. This is really meant. If you have a kind of, if you're the kind of family that loves to grab controller, stand in front of the television and do stupid stuff, this is your jam. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. There's really not much else I can say. This is probably one of the <laughs> best games of the year. Probably one of the best games ever made. It is the sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which is my favorite Legend of Zelda game of all time. I think this game just. It falls ever so slightly just under the weight of its own success. Like, for me, there is just so much stuff going on here that it's really hard for my ADHD addled brain to finish it and keep it going. So I actually have not beaten this game yet uh, because there's just so much to do. And that is kind of cool. Like this is one of those forever games where you will just never run out of things to do or explore, etc. At least not a reasonable human. So you know if if you own a Switch or you're buying for somebody that has a Switch and they don't own this game already, unless they really, really hated Breath of the Wild and make it made it very clear to you, uh, this is this is going to be a hit. I talked plenty about Super Mario Brothers Wonder earlier on. This is another one of those games that I think is really just a guarantee. Uh, for just about anybody. I, I love Mario. Who doesn't love Mario? The movie made a billion dollars this year. Yeah. Um, this is a great follow up for that. And it is absolutely accessible to kids. One of the things to remember, uh, Yoshi of all colors and the little rabbit hat guy cannot take damage. So you can play multiplayer. Um, and my middle son did this with my uh, five year old nephew. Uh, he was Yoshi. You know, my middle son was Luigi and they played through levels and. There were actually some situations where his invincibility as Yoshi helped them get some secrets. So they were actually able to kind of team up and he's, this kid is not great at games. Not my middle son. He's really good, better than <laughs> me, but the five-year-old not great because he's five, Um, but he was able to participate meaningfully. Um, And it was really fun for them. So that's wonder last Nintendo game. And this will be the last game on our gift guide. Uh, and we can chat about other stuff is, Disney Illusion Island. Have you guys seen that one? I have heard about this one. Not me. Disney's Illusion Island is baby's first Metroidvania. That is not how they pitched it. That's not what they said it was going to be. But then we played it and we were like, wow, this is baby's first Metroidvania. If you don't know what a Metroidvania is, everybody, Metroidvania games are... It's a portmanteau of Metroid and Castlevania, kind of squished together. The idea is these are games that have big, sprawling maps where you progress through them, get powers, and then backtrack to places where you were previously to overcome platforming challenges, breakthrough barriers, etc., so that you can kind of further explore the map. So you do a lot of backtracking, but as you go, you gain more skill and power, etc., and you do this only you do this with the 2023 kind of animated style of Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and Donald. And it is...
1: That style is so weird. It's definitely aiming for a throwback to a hundred years ago, but it's not a hundred years ago. I don't know.
0: Yes. Yes. that it, it is absolutely like they're trying to recreate like the Steamboat Willie art style, yeah. but with modern technology. Yeah. You know what? It's dynamic. It's interesting. I like it. The music is great. The level design is cute. The art is wonderful. For Disney fans... This is definitely one that is worth taking a look at. It is worth mentioning. This was published by Disney, uh, not by Nintendo. So this is one of those games that you may actually see on sale on Black Friday. Traditionally speaking, first party Nintendo games never go on sale. They're 60 bucks forever. Maybe you'll see it go down a little tiny bit, but...
2: They have a digital sale where it's like buy Two games for a hundred bucks or
0: something they, like they had the voucher thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo had the voucher thing. Not going on still? I don't know. I don't know that I really call it. Yeah. My understanding is, yes, it is. I don't know that I call that on sale on sale. That's like a buy a, It's like a pre-order promotion for me. But you're right. There are ways to get first party Nintendo games for less than full price. But they're never. It's not like Black Friday. You can count on Tears of the King. This, if Tears of the King were made by Sony... I would be telling you, Hey, don't buy it today. Wait until after Thanksgiving. You know, it's going to, there's going to be a Cyber Monday sale. And that's just not (laughs) likely to be the case. Whereas Disney Illusion Island, I would absolutely uh, expect to see this on Cyber Monday, you know, at, you know, 30 bucks or something like that. The only criticism for this game is that it's short. It's not super long, but that's okay nowadays. I really feel like a game that is. Fun and a really good experience, even if it's not the longest thing. I mean, you're not beating this in an hour, but 150 hours of gameplay, this is not. This is really more about just kind of the experience. That's our gift guide, guys. That, that's the stuff that we're recommending across all three platforms. And I, again, this is the best year in the history of video games, full stop. Because th- I missed half the releases this year like this is what we're recommending but there's so many other good games that came out for all three consoles
2: sure man that's a lot that was like drinking from the fire hose i think but uh
0: well you made it i made it through all three with only one sidebar conversation how intense <laughs> is that
2: good job that's called
0: focus <sighs> That's it, it, i did it's professionalism it's i've been doing this for a while yeah.
2: So, uh, <clears throat> what's the biggest thing on uh, on the unmitigated
0: hype monster list for futures? Sure, why not? Man, you know what? Can I be can I be real with you?
1: We wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Uh, honestly, the thing that I am looking forward to the most right now if truthfully is uh playing the avatar pandora game with my mom Aww. it that's a unique experience where i get to you know kind of i i've never really had that where she was excited to play a game on to see a game on its own merits like you know Every once in a while, I'll bring a PlayStation over or I'll set up a thing and be like, hey, wow, look what video games did. And usually it's like a Final Fantasy, like the opening cinematic or whatever, right? There's something about that music that is captivating. But, like, this is the first time where my mom was like, oh, man, I can get down with this. What are you doing? You're exploring this map and there's, like, icons everywhere and you're just – every every icon is a different little minigame. And I was like, well, it's not really a mini game. It's more just a bunch of dudes I got to kill. But, like, Yeah. <laughs> that's mini and and also a game. Sure and so um that that is the big thing. I mean, what's really interesting about 2024 is we really don't know a lot about it yet from a release perspective. We know or you know, we are very confident that a new Switch will come and I think that that's going to be towards the end of the year. So I think that's really exciting uh for folks that are you know, super into that like me. Um, and, uh, recently I think we're, you know, in the beginning of December, we're going to get a new Grand Theft Auto announcement and that's probably going to be 2024 also. Um, and that may not necessarily be in my wheelhouse, but I think it is interesting because I'm going to be talking about it endlessly once it comes out um, because people ask me about GTA 5 constantly. So I would assume that GTA 6 would be literally no different. In fact, one of the highest-trafficked articles on Engage Family Gaming right now is uh, a list of information for parents about GTA 6 pre-announcement. So that Lord knows that's only going to blow up. So we just don't know a lot about what's coming in 2024 yet. Uh So I'm I'm kind of really enjoying living in the present. But Game Awards is in a month, so my assumption is that they're going to give us our first kind of look at stuff that's coming next year. Then, and I'm ready to be blown away. I think, I just do
2: you think the Mass Effect game is coming out next year? Or do you think that is 25?
0: No. Not a chance. Probably not for even longer. They they have to put out Dragon Age first. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Because that was announced. Massive, I think, EA, I mean, the, you're talking about the, the N7 day leaks with the, the funny little videos. The thing about Mass Effect is EA needs to not pretend like they haven't burned their fans with Mass Effect, right? Like... They made a game that was not really super well received because it was rushed and there were some technical issues. Um, Obviously, they fixed them, but not to the level of like a No Man's Sky. And so, like, they're being way too cute with Mass Effect. Like, they got to, like, earn back some fan trust. And I think teasing people with a game that probably isn't coming out for five years is, uh, in my opinion, not the way to
2: do it. It's going to be that long?
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I I would I think uh, that it is questionable whether we will play Mass Effect the next Mass Effect before we play the next Elder Scrolls.
2: Wow. That's a that's a big thing to say.
0: I think the next Elder Scrolls is coming faster than we think by nature of the fact that that's got they got that Microsoft money.
2: <laughs> yeah, but they just released Starfield.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's amazing when you put Microsoft money behind another several hundred developers. It's like, you know, it, it, it adds up or they, they shift the studio to support or something like that. But, you know, so no, I don't think we'll see Mass Effect next year. I, I would love to see Dragon Age next year. I think that's possible, <laughs> but it's tough to say. It's kind of wild. You know, I'm quietly really hoping that the Princess Peach game that's coming out next year is... As cool as it looks, I'm kind of nervous that it's going to be like a weird minigame collection unintentionally, but like the design on it looks awesome. P- Princess Peach, especially now that they've kind of redesigned her a little bit to look more and kind of feel more like her movie persona yeah. than, you know, the old school stuff. Um, just because I think that's just a better look for her, you know, stronger, um, more able to, you know, like just not the damsel in distress. I think that's important if she's going to be carrying her own game. So I'm looking forward to that. But, man, I got no idea. There's just we know there will be games. But my fear is no matter what comes out next year, it's going to feel like a letdown because 2023 is the best year in the history of video games.
2: fine for me because I will be spending my time catching up
0: same on some, you know, on some level, you know, I'll still be working on it. I mean, next year we'll I'll get to play world of Warcraft, the war Within. it. You know. So I'm looking forward to that too. So new wow expansion too. So it, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a good year, right? Like video games are awesome and they are always awesome. And even an average video game is still cooler than an afternoon sitting around bored, you know, like, right. so I, uh, I love games of all types. I love experiments. I love weird stuff, you know, so it's going to be great. Wait, what?
1: As always, since we're talking about Christmas gifts, before we wrap this up,
2: <laughs>
1: for any parent buying a console for Christmas for the first time, what do they need to do, Stephen?
0: Oh, man. Listen, this is. Thank you for reminding me because this is actually. We're going to have to make some. I'm going to have to write this down for this weekend. Um, listen, conventional wisdom is that you buy the thing, you put it in the box, you wrap the box. You put it where it goes don't do under that. the tree, etc. Don't do that. Do not do that. Not anymore. That's conventional wisdom. That is thrown out the window. My, what I encourage you to do is wait until the kids are at school. Open the box. Plug it in. You know, don't put it in your entertainment center. You know, you got a snack tray. You got to t- figure it out. You're gonna to want to turn it on. You're gonna to want to plug it in. You're gonna to want to connect it to the internet. Uh, set up an account for you know, your kids, you know, kind of like go through that process of setting it up. Yeah. Um, and then um, I would encourage you to download some free to play games from the store. Disney speed storm is a great option. You know, Fortnite is on everything and every, you know, whatever. There are plenty of free to play games, get a couple of those, throw them on there. Um, and then if you are giving them a game, especially, you know, uh, Spider-Man had, you know, if you're buying a PlayStation five, Spider-Man two has a massive, Day one patch. You're going to want to go ahead and just, just open the box, throw the disc in. And here is why every year without fail on Christmas Day, bad actors, because they're jerks, tear down the network and they attack PlayStation. They do it at Microsoft. They just do it with everybody and it makes it really hard. It, t- it bricks consoles if they've never been set up. And so you don't want to deal with that where the big gift is unusable for all of Christmas morning. What you really want is to be able to open it and have them go nuts and play with it while you go, you know, you can sit back with your coffee and watch or play with them or whatever. Um, What you don't want is to be struggling with it and looking on the internet and figuring stuff out and having disappointed kids who really just want to play. Obviously I'm not your boss. Can't tell you what to do, but I highly recommend that you do that. You will have a better Christmas morning. No question. Thanks for the reminder, Anitra.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. It's like we've been doing this for a while.
0: Yeah. What, third, fourth year? And I give that advice every year, and I will do it again.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, like we said before, Stephen, you, you blasted through the list. So if you could spend a few moments telling our listeners where, if they are driving and couldn't write all of those games down, they can go to find.
0: Sure. Um, head to engagefamilygaming.com. You will find our gift guide <laughs> pinned to our front page of our blog. And uh, I'm sure there will be a link in the show notes for the record to the producers. Um, it's the same URL as last year. What? I'm just updating it from year to year now. Um, because, fun fact, that's really good for SEO. You may want to even think about doing that yourself uh, for number nine for you guys. So, the, um, but yeah, it's engagedfamilygaming.com everywhere. We're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, we are on Facebook, we have a Facebook community. Just look for Engaged Family Gaming everywhere you're at, and you'll probably find us lots of content coming out pretty regularly. So,
2: And Anitra, where can people find uh, the Family Gamers board game gift guide?
1: Uh, You can find the board game gift guide at thefamilygamers.com slash holiday 2023.
2: All right. And then, of course, there's all the places on social media where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Threads, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at the same handle at Family Gamers AA for Andrew and Anitra. You can head over to the Family Gamers Discord community. It's not even the Family Gamers. It's Tabletop Family Discord community at thefamilygamers.com forward slash discord. It's the easiest way to get into there. Or if you want to be on Facebook, you can head over to the Facebook community by going to thefamilygamers.com forward slash community or just searching for the Family Gamers community on Facebook.
1: And you can find Steven there, too. Yes. yes. Steven hangs out in there
2: and lurks and says snarky things. sometimes. I do. Of course, you can always send us email if you want to reach out to us directly. You can find me, Andrew, at TheFamilyGamers.com. And I
1: am Anitra at
2: TheFamilyGamers.com.
1: It is not too late to get Family Gamers merch for Christmas presents.
2: Yeah, those are really good Christmas gifts, too. Is is awesome. Play games with your kids' t-shirts or uh, a Balanced Life t shirts or, uh, you know, anything with our logo on it is yeah. also awesome.
1: Balanced Life perfect for this particular podcast episode, Mm because it was designed by our daughter talking about how you want to have video games and board games in your life. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You can find all of that uh, at thefamilygamers.com slash merch. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you like what you're hearing and tell your friends about it. Uh, We use word of mouth more than probably anything else, although reviews at Apple Podcasts are also helpful.
2: But really, just tell your friends. Family Gamers is sponsored by First Move Financial. Go to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers to find out what the deal is with First Move Financial and learn how their team can help you pile up the victory points.
1: Well, we made it through another holiday gaming gift
2: guide. We did it. Good job, Stephen. We did it. Good man, dog. Couldn't do it without you.
0: I mean... I mean, I guess you could have read my my gift guide, but it wouldn't have been. It, I wouldn't have been able to tell you all about my crush on Bonnie Hunt. Right,
2: exactly. And also, I looked her up. I think she's been in some stuff because I recognize her.
0: Oh no, you absolutely have. She. Uh, that's where I like learned of her. But no, absolutely, she's a she's a person. She's done act. She's done stuff. She had her own. She had. So she's a person. I mean, well, I mean, I I'm an actress, but also she had her own daytime talk show for a little while, yeah, but I don't watch like two or three years. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I'm pointing it out because it was interesting, not because I assumed that you would know. (laughs) I guess that's you know. But it was the Bonnie Hunt show, and you know what? I watched it. I'm not even ashamed to admit it.
2: All right. Well, if uh, if you need to figure out what B-list celebrity you need to have a crush on, (laughs) you're gonna have to do that on your own time. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So until then, everybody, play Play games games with your kids.